Welcome to the Dare to Pivot podcast, a resource for inspiration and encouragement while you're on your path to purpose. The Dare to Pivot podcast is hosted by Wakia Hayward, that's me, and Barbara Wade, two middle-aged sisters who are passionate about having honest, open conversations with each other and special guests about faith, transparency, and living a life of purpose. The Dare to Pivot podcast is rooted in the Christian faith, and we believe that we are all made for a reason and with intention. However, it's up to us to pursue our purpose. By exploring the four foundational pillars of DARE, which are decisions, actions, results, and evaluations, we're hoping that women will be motivated to actively pursue their own purpose journeys. Join us as we learn together that it's never too late to be great. Hi, ladies. Welcome to the Dare to Pivot podcast. Uh, my name is Wakia Hayward. I'm your host. And this is Barbara Wade. So today we are actually going to be doing a special um, Mother's Day sort of discussion. It's a little different, right? Because this whole, the whole reason why we're doing this podcast is because uh, Mother's Day, obviously we know is like a really, really big deal. It's a huge deal. Um, he's here in the United States. And but Mother's Day does not look the same to everyone. <laughs> it doesn't have the same feel to everyone. So today, uh, it's sort of like a panel of women, um, and we're all going to sort of talk about our mothering experiences and what that looks like. And the whole purpose of this, um, we want to just bring attention to people who grew up in non-conventional mother relationships, like, you know, that, that very different type of mother relationship. And uh, you sort of know if this is the conversation for you, is if when you went on Mother's Day, when you went to go try to find a car, all the cars feel like they lied. Like, oh, you've always been there for me. Mm, yeah, not really true. Um, I know you always love me. Again, uh, not really true. <laughs> so if that is your truth, then this is the conversation for you. So today, our guests are... Yolanda Brown, and y'all know Yolanda because she's already been on the podcast one time before. She's also my cousin, so y'all will hear me relate to um, call her Yogi because that's how I know her. Welcome, Yolanda. Whoop, whoop. Hi, guys. How are you? Well, thank um, you. Good. And then also, we have my best friend for life, Tashika Little. Whoop, whoop. Hey, Shika. Welcome. Hey. Hello. <laughs> okay, ladies. Y'all know I sort of reached out to y'all. And, you know, this whole thing came along because me and Barbara were first talking about it. I think, honestly, I think me and Yoki was talking about it first. We were sort of just taking some, talking about some mm-hmm. different things going on. And Yoki was like, oh, you know what? You know, it's coming up. And we was also saying, and she's like, oh, you know, maybe we should talk about something a little different. And I was like, oh, that would be brilliant for us to have a conversation about something completely different. Because Mother's Day is not necessarily the same to everyone. So this is what we're doing today, ladies. It's about to go down. All right, we're ready. So, <laughs> all righty. So I have questions, which is a little different because y'all, you know, usually I sort of do things on the cuff, but today I have questions. So question number one. Um, our mother's relationships are pretty much, the, the relationships we have with our mothers are our first relationships we've ever developed, right? So do you all ladies mind sort of sharing your relationship with your mother? Anybody can go first. Um, I, I can go first. Okay, go ahead. Can you hear you me? Do. Okay. Um, well, 
I have, uh, my mother has, uh, I, as of right now, currently, I have been estranged from my mother for quite some time, for some years. Um, my grandmother raised me, which is her mother. Um, my grandmother, who I call Ma, is my mother. She's, um, she, passed, uh, she passed away in 2010. Um, thank you. Um, my mother raised me up until I was eight years old, until I moved from South Carolina to New Jersey to live with my grandmother. And um, in between that, um, that period, there has been some, um, some, some turmoil between my grandmother and my mother. Um, with the point, you know, with the sake of me, uh, my grandmother pretty much, she pretty much took me from my mother. <laughs> so that's, that's how I'm going to put it. Um, but when I turned 18 years of age, um, I was making my money, making my own money. So I was able, I, I, you know, I would go back and forth every year to visit my mother and my, and my sisters. And um, I've noticed during the years um, with my mother, um, the communication was, 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 was limited between, my, between me and my mom. But um, we spoke at that time during my adolescence and my teenage years and my early 20s and things like that. Um, but what I noticed during the years with my mother, with me, um, she always doted on me, but only what I can give her. That was her mm -hmm. big thing with me. It's what I can give her, what I can do for her. Mm -hmm. And um, um, I, I, the things that I would do for her is because I wanted to do it because of me. It wasn't to get her attention or to get her to love me more. It wasn't anything like that. It's because I wanted to do it. But I started to notice that I was being used. Mm -hmm. And... Wow. Um, it's okay to use me on, 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 on uh, you know, certain things, not in a negative way, but don't use me because I'm not your fool. Because after a while, I had to put two and two together. Mm -hmm. and, in, and, and suddenly I stopped. I stopped. So the only time I would come around when I would visit, um, I noticed that I would pay for all the groceries. <laughs> um, plus and things that she wanted, material things that she wanted, I provided, that's what I wanted to do. Um, but she started to use me. That's my experience with my mother. She started to use me and that's how I, that's how I felt and that's how I feel to this day. Um, when that all stopped, the relationship started to change. Um, My mother is a, my mother is a very, um, she's limited to a lot of things, um, but she's not nice. Mm -hmm. She's not nice. Mm -hmm. And um, she can be nice, nasty, if you guys know what I mean when I say that. And, yes. you know, and it took me some years to really come to 
figure out and to see who and what she really is about. It took me a long time to come to that point as a, as a woman, because I didn't want to not, she's my mother. No, she didn't mm-hmm. raise me, but she's my mother. I wanted some type of relationship, something with my mother. Cause she's right. my mother. Right. Um, but once I saw what she was about and how you manipulated me and my sisters and how you used us against each other. And I said, you know what, time out. You know what, you're not nice. When a mother has to talk about all of her children to one another and to, 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 to split us up to not to be sisters, Right. That's a problem. Right. That's a problem. And unfortunately, at that time, we fell for the okie doke. Right. And um, I started to separate myself um, with my siblings and my mother. Um, it's 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 four of us, and we all have different fathers. Um, I was lied to as a child of thinking someone else was my father and come to find out, um, I met my father, my actual biological father when I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And that played, that plays a issue in my life till this day, but I know how to mask it. Mm -hmm. I know how to, I know how to control it. Thank God for therapy. Um, but Amen to that. (laughs) But um, we, the last time my mother was in my home was uh, was 2010 when I needed her help with my son when my son was younger to pick him up from camp, to drop him off to camp as I was moving to a new new, uh, city. Mm -hmm. And I asked her to come up to help me. And... She did, but it was, it was some hesitant, but she did. And during that time, while mother was with me, my mother, what I found out is my mother has actual mental issues. Mm-hmm. It, I, I, I saw some things to, in her that really blowed me away and pretty much scared me, where the toxicity and the, the ugliness was in my home. And I, I woke up one morning because she was supposed to leave a few days after, a few days down the road um, of going back to South Carolina. I woke up that morning and I said, listen, tomorrow morning you're gonna come, to, come to, with me to work. I'm gonna drop you off at, Am, um, at Amtrak uh, train station. I already have your ticket. I said, but you are no longer welcome in my home. Ever. Mm-hmm. Um, if I wanted some type of peace in the valley, some happiness in the valley, some 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 type of uh, joy in my life, I had to separate myself from that. Mm-hmm. And some people have a hard time understanding. Well, you don't talk to your mother. Why you don't? Right, right. There's certain things that I can communicate with people that truly understand where I'm coming from. Right. And I have no ill will. I am not 
uh, in a corner, beating my head up about, okay, I wish I had my shit. No, I don't. It was the best thing for me. Right. Um, the last time I spoke to my mother was when the death of my father in 2019, uh, 2020, last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. She called me and gave me my condolences, gave her uh, my, uh, her condolences to me. And that was it. And it wasn't like we had a long out conversation. She called, it was just like two uh, acquaintances. Thank you. And uh, okay, that was it. Um, I, I did not invite her to my wedding. I contemplated, but I decided not to because I didn't want any negativity. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I know it sounds crazy to some maybe, I do love my mother, but I don't like my mother, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and, and my piece is I, I need to stay away from her. I will, I will respect her because she's my mother. When she does call, if she does call, I will say hello. I will even pick up her call. But the conversation is brief. But I will respect her because she is my mother. But I truthfully do not want to have anything to really to do with her. I understand. You know, so Mother's Day for me, she has not got a call from me in years. I have not got a call from her. She has not she has not called me in years birthdays go by nothing 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 at all I think it was three years ago when it was Christmas time uh, I called her she called me out of the blue I looked at the number because I couldn't believe it I let it go to voicemail and the message that she left me um hi uh, I want to, I want to, uh, 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 it was a name brand bag that she wanted mm. and I wanted to see if you can get it for me. So call me back, not, Hey, Yogi, how you doing? How's the family? I hope you're doing well. Mm-hmm. I had to have at that time, my husband, I was dating my husband at the time. I had to let him listen to that. I said, who does that? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but till this day. Um, do I, 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 there are times that it comes to mind that it's like, you know, I, 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 I wish that we could have a better relationship because I have no, I have no parents. My, my, my father's dead. My grandmother is dead. So there's a void there for me at times. I have no parents. She's my only biological parent that is living, but then to me, she's not. Right. I understand. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry that okay. that is the situation, but I understand. Yeah. And it's it is no way, shape, or form that I I never wanted to be like my mother. I never wanted to have a relationship with my son like the relationship she had with her children. It's right. no way I would I I I can do that. Right. It's totally opposite. Okay. Well, hold on, hold on. Don't don't even tell us. Like that's one of my questions. So don't even don't even go there. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. She could you up. What you got? What I got. What I got. Okay. So um, <laughs> I guess um, my relationship with my mom now is is decent. It's decent. Um. So 
my mom didn't she raised us in the when i say raised i'm gonna use that term kind of like okay so in the beginning um my mom did raise us it's four of us um total and she took care of us in the beginning but she's always done her own thing she's always uh -huh. done her own thing you know if and it was more if it was convenient for her to be there than she was in the beginning and then when it no longer suited her then she wasn't there we um stayed with lots of family we stayed with my aunties and my auntie um, Naomi was the one who really raised us um, she had us during the most important years. Um, and we went to school and stayed with her children. And then when we got to high school, end of middle school, high school, then we moved back in with my mom. And <laughs> at, at the time, she was seeing... Um, Fred, you remember uh, Fred like you. So she mm -hmm. was seeing Fred at the time. And he didn't even know that she had children. So that will put in perspective the kind of mother that I had. <laughs> She'd been mm -hmm. seeing this man for years, living with this man. And he did not even know that she had children. Wow. And my mother had four. Mm. Wow. So yeah. Now, um, it did get better, of course. Um, she put in a lot more effort, you know, when we moved back in and we eventually got a, a bigger place and um, she was better. I didn't say good, I did not say good, but she was definitely better. And through our high school years, we lived with her the majority of the time, but, she we weren't a priority though you know we were still second we were second we weren't we were we were never the most important thing we were an important thing but we were never the priority for her so i think for me it, it, it definitely shaped some things in my life. And of course, definitely how I, you know, raised my children. But do you want to hear something that's crazy? I think the craziest thing about it to me is that she raised her grandchildren. Mm. She raised her grandchildren, my brother's children. Wow. She raised them, basically. I'm saying raised because they're still living. But... Mm. The first five years of their lives, they lived with her. She mm. raised them. She cooked, she cleaned, she took care of them. And she did it all without complaining. She Like, <laughs> I seriously remember going over there and be like, who are you? Mm. Who are you? <laughs> like, like you, you, this is some kind of 52 fake out or something. Well, I'm, I'm going to need to know who are you. Because mm -hmm. she was not like that with us. Mm -hmm. She was absolutely not like that with us. Now, let me go back and say this. My mom was on drugs. Mm -hmm. She was a, a functioning drug addict. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So most people, if you weren't in our inner circle, you wouldn't look at my mom and think she was on drugs by all means. You, she, she never worked, but that didn't have anything to do with drugs. She just didn't work. <laughs> she always had somebody to take care of her and us. So she didn't work. She cooked, she cleaned, she took care of our house. She cooked us dinner every, almost every single night, like seriously. So it wasn't that she was absent or anything like that, but I just don't think she, I hate to say she didn't care. I won't say she didn't care. I will definitely just say we just were never the priority. We were never the number one priority. Even when my mom, got her own place like mind you like I was saying this whole time she's always lived with somebody or was with someone um and it was never she was never by herself I've never known my mama to not be in a relationship Mm. I am 45 years old I have never known her to not be with someone so when um she was with Fred and then she ended up getting her own place so, but the catch was the old place, the old place was for the children. The old place wasn't a place for yes. her to live yes. with us, for her to take care of us. It was for the children to live. She visited that house. Like she came through. Shoot. And then when we got old enough to buy our own food and do that kind of stuff, she didn't even do that. Mm. So wow. we took care wow. of the house. And then she still stayed with Fred. Like, seriously, she still stayed with Fred. So that's why I was like, it's crazy to me that she could take care of the grandkids. And I'm not playing with y'all. When I said take care of, I mean take care of. The grandkids, she cooked for every meal. The grandkids gets presents they get toys they get love they mm-hmm. get love and attention mm-hmm. that she definitely did not provide to us and i i i will say in the beginning i was feeling some kind of way i was in my little feelings in the well, which you should yeah true true i love my babies and my brother was way so <laughs> Honestly, I think in the end, I was just like, at least she did it for somebody. Mm-hmm. No, at least I know she has the ability. She has right. the capability of doing it, and she did it for somebody. Somebody mm-hmm. was important enough for her to do it. We weren't, but at least the grandbabies are important enough for her to do it. You know, so I don't know, but I can definitely tell you this. Now we are in a much better space. I don't harbor any bad feelings toward her. I don't forget it's not a game, but I don't, it's not something I harp on or or relive or anything like that. I'm a grown woman. I take care of me and mine and I don't need her for anything. She's in my life because I want her to be, but not because I need her to be. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, I think once you get to that point, it makes Mm -hmm. things a little bit easier for you to you know kind of deal with how things are right what happened in the past 
we're pretty good now though i mean she's good with my children of course my children are grown now thank you lord i appreciate that but <laughs> um she's she's good with them and even with her grandkids like i said she's she's been um with my brother's children she was good with them even my sister's kids it's just the grandkids i guess she said forget her own kids and <laughs> just put me down for the grandkids See, like I messed up on y'all. Ain't nothing I can do about that now. But with these grandkids, I'm gonna I'm try harder. I'm gonna try harder. I'm gonna make myself right. And mm-hmm. she did a great job with my grandbabies, with her grandbabies. Wow. She did a really great job with them. Her, her own kids? That's a no. That's a no. <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> All right, Barbara. <laughs> Sitting there thinking, oh Lord, what condensed version am I gonna tell? <laughs> but um, because it has to be a condensed version. So um my mother, very interesting person. Uh, so she was uh married twice, and so she had my oldest sister with her first husband, and then uh she had another daughter that she gave up for adoption and then she married my father and had um, me and my sister. So there are four girls and my memories, my most vivid memories of my mother, one when she and my father separated, um, I remember that day like it was yesterday, Um, very traumatic uh, for me. my father was the main breadwinner. So when he left, she, you know, went into the workforce and struggled with being able to care for us. Um, and uh, then she had her call to be a minister. So that started her on an educational journey to get her bachelor's and being an ordained minister become became her number one thing. Um, she just let everybody know that's what she was proud of. That's what she was pursuing. It was just very evident that that was her priority. So that came at a time where, you know, women weren't being ordained. So there was that struggle with sexism and then being um, African-American, that was a, a whole nother thing. And so her energies went into, you know, bucking the system to be accepted as an ordained minister. And um, that was always her subject of conversation and just what she cared about. So anyway, having two, three girls at home, she uh, would take us everywhere with her, but it was always something church related. You know, that was our babysitter. Church was our babysitter. We had to sit in the back of the pew, get our homework done. She was always at church doing something. And um, so, that was my childhood. Um, and she always, um, I think what I've surmised is that she was proud of what you're doing if you could relate it to her. It reflected on her. If you did well in school, it's because you were her daughter. My sister used to dance. So it was only because she gave my sister her beautiful legs and that made her a wonderful, attractive dancer. 
So anything you did that she could correlate directly back to her, she was all about it. <laughs> and uh, so that became quite apparent, you know, in high school. Like if it's not something that mom thinks is good, you're not going to get a compliment. She's not going to talk about it. And so that got old like uh, very quickly. And uh, she also never talked about just the whole concept of being a woman, you know, um, you know, being in relationships, being sisters, nothing. It was nothing relational. Everything had to relate to her career and um, achieving something. And so the relationship part, she never really developed with us. And then we, you know, we didn't really learn how to develop it with one another. So these are things I'm realizing in hindsight, but anyway, so um, that, was, that was her, just very proud of who she was professionally. And then, you know, the girls were good as long as we were doing something she could, she could, uh, she could see herself in us. So anyway, um, it wasn't until um, I think I was 23 and she started uh, demonstrating some mental illness. Um, she had, you know, mistrust in government. She would ramble on about conspiracy theories and all this stuff and computers were coming out. She mistrusts computers. And so anyway, long story short, we found out she had uh, paranoid schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. So I was always the go-to person. She would always call me for something that had to be done. And um, so when she felt herself, well, losing control of herself, you know, she called me and uh, that day started, you know, basically 20 years of her battling this mental illness. And that meant um, she had four long stays and three different hospitals. And I'm not sure if you've had that experience and hopefully none of you have. It's a very hard, hard experience when someone's committed to a mental institution. It's just very challenging to uh, maintain a relationship with them. Um, they're there dealing with what they have to deal with and then you are trying to carry on the rest of the family, their life, whatever they had a semblance of a profession where they lived, you're trying to manage these things so they don't lose it all. Because very quickly you can, if you're not there paying your mortgage, if you're not there paying your rent, you know, all that's gone in 30, 60, 90 days. And uh, so it was 20 years of that and um, very tiring and exhausting. And um, so I was that go-to person for her to call when all of that was going on. And it was never appreciation for you know, saving my apartment, finding me another place to live, moving my stuff to storage. It was never appreciation for that. It was just an assumption that Barbara's going to do it. And um, without any, any, um, I would say, gratitude or any consideration for the time and money that me and my husband at that time, I gotten married, we were putting out to make all this happen. And uh, it was just never appreciation. It was always an assumption that you're going to take care of it. And um, so it got to the point where I couldn't take care of it. Um, I couldn't support two households. 
And she always had income. It's just, she never trusted anybody to, um, you know, get on her bank account, you know, make sure her rent was paid or her mortgage was paid. She never trusted anybody to do that. So it was you going, you know, me going in my pocket to take care of that because I didn't want her to lose everything. And so, yeah, that got old. And so I finally just petitioned for guardianship with the state, with the Baltimore city, because that's where she lived. And that's a matter of going to the court where you find the court appoints someone to manage a person's finances while they are rendered incapable. And all I wanted was for somebody to be able to maintain her, her finances so that when she came out of the hospital, she would have somewhere to go. And um, so that didn't really work the way I had planned because I thought because it was a court appointed person, they, would, they could accomplish more than I could accomplish. Well, she still had a say in what was gonna happen. And so she just intimidated this woman to no doubt. I mean, this woman called me and said, your mother's mean and she's nasty. And quite frankly, I'm afraid of her. And I'm thinking, well, so am I. I mean, like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you're yeah, supposed Barbara. to, you know, you're supposed to not care. You know, you're supposed to just, right. you're just supposed to do this. You know, you're not emotionally attached. Like, you go mm-hmm. home to your family. Like, why are you afraid? So um, it did, needless to say, it did not work the way I had anticipated. And uh, so finally, my sister said, well, this isn't working the way we want it to work. So why don't we just go back to court, get the petition, get the guardianship removed. And one of my other sisters said, she'll step up. I said, great. Um, But that was 20 years later. Like I've been through this. I tried to, you know, I'm raising my kids. So anyway, it wasn't until I had... uh, um, in 2008, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and it wasn't until my mother said, I just can't believe my daughter has breast cancer. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Oh. Like, she couldn't own it because it wasn't something positive. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and that broke my heart. And from that point, I said, she's not my mother. I can't. She's not my mother. She she yeah. won't allow herself to be my mother or she can't be my mother. Whatever the phrase is, she's not my mother. <laughs> and um, so that's when I told my sisters, I'm tapping out. I'm going to heal from this. I'm going to do what I got to do, find somebody else to support me. And when this is done, if it's done, you know, I didn't know at that time. I was hoping it would be. I would survive it, which I did. Thank God. When this is done. I'm done with her, I'm tapping out. And um, I did. And so that totally severed the relationship for me. At that point, that's when I grieved losing the relationship with my mother or accepting that I didn't have a relationship with my mother. Mm-hmm. I could still call this woman. And for a while I felt out of guilt. I would call this woman and check in on her and all that stuff. But then it subsided when I got real with myself that this relationship, mother-daughter relationship is over. It's not what I wanted. It's not what I asked for, but it is literally over. It's one-sided. 
And that's not what a relationship is. It's not what a healthy relationship is. I didn't get the calls. There's a, just as you mentioned, didn't get the calls on birthdays. Didn't acknowledge my kids' birthdays. Yeah. She would only call about the graduation and ask was somebody else going to be there, even though she didn't bother to come, even though she was invited, you know, stuff like that. I just, she was not my mother. She wasn't a grandmother. So mm-hmm. I, I, I grieved that and it was over, you know, it was over. And uh, so it wasn't till September, 2016, she called on my birthday I was in the car with my kids because we were on a road trip. And I say, hey, mom, I'm in the car with Drew and the kids. And I expected her to wish me a happy birthday. And she said, well, what I'm calling about is, didn't say hi to my family. Uh, didn't wish me a happy birthday. And that just sealed the deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I honestly hadn't had a conversation with her since September of 2016. Wow. And so she passed this year, April 1st. And oh, wow. Well, okay. Sorry, Barbara. Oh, that, that's, it's just the, just the ending. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, though. Is I wondered how I would act because to me, the relationship had ended years ago. And I said, well, when she's physically that, not there, when she's physically dead, am I going to feel any different? Mm-hmm. And honestly, I did not. Mm-hmm. I did not. And you talk about people thinking you're crazy, that you're not grieving the loss of your mother. Well, I grieved that a decade ago. Yeah. And so all those tears fell out then. They did not fall out on April 1st. They didn't because they were, I'd already done all that. Uh And um, I do believe she's a, a, she was a Christian. So I know she's in heaven. And honestly, I'm looking forward to, her being whole and me being whole and meet her in heaven. But here on earth, that wasn't the case. So I was okay with saying goodbye to her earthly person. Yeah. And um, that is hard for people to accept, but that is so where I am. (laughs) I'm so much more looking forward to seeing her as a whole person in heaven than who I had of her on earth. Uh-huh. And it's not ill will. I don't hate her. I've you know never spoken badly of her to my children. It's hurtful trying to explain to them why the relationship wasn't there. But um, it's the truth. And so yeah. I um, was very intentional about not being that mom to my kids learning how to be a nurturer, you know, trying to figure it out without spoiling them rotten, you know, (laughs) but because it was, I didn't have an example, but um, being intentional about loving on them um, Mm -hmm. and showing them that I'm here for them because that was, that's so important. And that's what a mother is um, to me. Uh, So thanking God that I had the opportunity to be the mother that I wanted. And, um, so God has been good and he has uh, delivered that for me. So when you talk about not having cards and not even buying cards and not acknowledging their birthdays and them not acknowledging, you know, all that is a real thing. Yes. And obviously there are at least a few of us <laughs> that, that have that estranged relationship um, that we didn't, we didn't ask for and we didn't create. 
And you know what sealed the deal for me is that of my four sisters, I did, you know, get to um, find out who my sister that was adopted, was given away for adoption, starting to build a relationship with her. We were putting together a program for my mother's funeral, which was at the request of one of my sisters, only one of them, one of us maintained a close relationship with her. Mm. Um, none of us had pictures of her with us or her grandkids. Mm. So wow. that wow. was just evident yeah. <laughs> that yeah. she did not have a relationship with any of us. Mm. We were all estranged. And so now we're trying to learn as grown women how to be sisters, um, how to have woman, woman-to-woman relationships with one mm-hmm. another, because that's not something we had. And, uh, but, you know, we're still here and uh, God's still in the blessing business. So I'm hopeful and all of us want more and all of us want better. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. So I, um, I'm trying to figure out what, what do I want to say here? I think that it's so funny, right? Cause as I'm looking, as I'm listening to these stories, um, some of this stuff I know, some of this stuff I don't know. And it's just thinking about how um, there's like that growth space, like in between all these relationships where, where uh, both Barbara and Yolanda, where y'all have, y'all are in the relationships with your moms or Barbara before your mom passed, where y'all did not have the relationships with her. So Tashika and I, <clears throat> we're in those spaces in our relationships where we, where we have relationships with our moms. Right. So mm-hmm. personally, um, my relationship with my mom, my mom was a very, very, very hard mother for me. Very hard. Like she was cracked the whip. There was no wiggle room. I was cooking dinner. I cooked my first real dinner at 11 years old. Like first Thanksgiving dinner. Boom. My mom did not play. She she was very, very stern. She did not for me on me. On me. <laughs> she was she, she did not play. <laughs> she uh mm-hmm. my mother had a standard. And I was going to hit that standard. And if you didn't, she was going to let you know immediately <laughs> that that was not acceptable. <laughs> you know, um, my mom was uh, just a very different, and I always say this um, with all the love of the Lord, she was just a different kind of chick. It's just that simple. She was just different. Um, and like Tashika, my mom was a functioning addict. And, you know, she amazingly you know my mom my mom was she raised me and my brother she was completely present like didn't you you didn't get away with nothing because she was on her game she -hmm. would get high on friday night friday and thirty but you best believe she knew exactly where we was at what we was doing (laughs) you know (laughs) she made sure she i don't know how she did it but she was just really Mm -hmm. really really on her game the thing was my mom had me at 16 years old so because my mother had me at 16 years old 16 years old we sort of grew up together right yeah. and I'm being the first it was a lot of trial and error on me you know mm-hmm. and my mom had an affinity for my brother like she really loved my brother she really wanted you know she was very honest and said she really didn't want any girls right she wanted boys so with my brother she was great with my brother like that joker got away with everything mm-hmm. I got away with absolutely nothing and she could you know my truth I got away with yep. nothing <laughs> um absolutely so, you know, it was, it was a very, 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 very tough relationship. But the thing about my mom was she did teach me, 
she didn't teach me these little life nuggets. Like my mom was always in instructional mode. She was always teaching, you know, whether you was going to learn the lesson or not, she was teaching. Like for me, my mom would put me on punishment and she would ground me. And let's just say I'm on punishment for 30 days because that's a thing in my house. I'm after you got that whooping and goes because you wouldn't get that whooping. Let me be clear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you gonna get that whooping, but after that whooping, then you go through a punishment phase. And uh, my mom had this thing where she would do stuff like, okay, well, you know, you on punishment, and in order to get off punishment, you know, you gotta read this book and do a book report on it. And that was how I got punishment. So even in those spaces, she still taught me these different things. She was always in an institutional mode, like it was always a learning moment. Um, and obviously, when you're a little kid, it's, you know, it ain't that bad. But then when you start growing up, you're like, listen, I don't want to learn lessons every day. Like, why well, I got to learn a lesson every day? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do something wrong, and my brother do something wrong, and I get a 30, I get a 34, I mean, a 30 to 60 day stint, and this don't get two weeks. He do two mm-hmm. weeks of time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it was just this big difference of, um, you know, it was very clear that, you know, she sort of, it was very one-sided. And then it, I, it became very evident as I got older, just some of the experiences that me and her had together. You know, uh, my mom put me out at 17. I was still in high school. So for her to put me out and me to have to go through this whole, um, you know, this whole thing and, and to be 17 and, and be it on your own, you know, you have to, my mom made it very clear that I had to figure it out. Like that was, that was a thing. So thank God that mom, Tashika's mom, had a house that we all, the kids live, because that's where I was able to go. <laughs> you, know, um, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it sort of worked in, in, in that space. But even in that space, just like Tashika said, we were the, we the adults of that house. So you're still being in this grown-up space. Like, you're still a grown-up in that, in that space. And, um, you know, my relationship with my mom was just very, very, very different. It was, it was, uh, just it was just hard it was a very hard thing because the thing is my mom was lovable like it wasn't that she wasn't lovable <laughs> it was just the fact that she didn't like me so where I think it was like you yogi you said you know you loved your mom but you didn't like her my mom yeah. loved me but she didn't like me mm. you know, she just didn't like me and it therefore because and I and maybe this is just um looking at it from a one-sided from a one-sided fight um <laughs> And I guess I just got that from the way she taught, she treated my brother. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's why I feel like, yes, she loved me because she made sure I had. I was, right. you know, I had, I had, you know, she took care of me. I, I, you know, I, I ate, she made sure I was good, all this stuff. She gave me these great life, life lessons, but she didn't like me. Just in truth. I, at least I didn't feel that. And in, in all honesty, I really, like my mom would go dark on me for, for months and I just wouldn't find, I would have to threaten her. Like, if you don't call me, I'm gonna call the law. I'm gonna need to hear from you. You know what I'm saying? She would go, mm-hmm. but when I would talk to my brother, my brother would be like, yeah, I talked to mom. Like, yeah, she 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 good. She just chilling. <laughs> you know, and it was mm-hmm. a completely different relationship between me and my mom. Um I just made up in my mind that that I was going to uh try my best just to do right, you know, like try my best to still, you know, I grew up, I, I grew up. Um, as this Christian girl, so I grew up with these really uh, deep-rooted Christian principles. In my mind, my relationship with God, because of the fact of what my mom, how legalistic my mother was, my relationship with God was also very legalistic. So because it was so legalistic, I believe the God of the Old Testament more, which is the God of slap your head off kind of God, not the God of Jesus, the one that you see with the lamb around his neck. That's not the God that I sort of identify with. I identify with the, you know, kill everybody. Don't leave nobody alive, God. <laughs> because that's the kind of person my mama was. You know what I'm saying? You know, um, so for me, 
when the Bible said, and again, because I had this legalistic view of God, when the Bible said, honor thy mother and father, I took that literally. So I would always try my best to be good to my mom. Even when my mom wasn't being good to me. You know what I'm saying? Even when she, mm-hmm. my mom put me out, but I was still trying to be good to her. I was still trying to, mm-hmm. you know, try, you know, still trying, still trying to make these efforts. You know, um, I remember after my mom put me out, I probably, I would go visit my mom for Mother's Day. Uh, I was, like I said, I was in the 12th grade. At this time, I was sort of bouncing around between um, Tashika's house and, and my, uh, one of my good girlfriends. And I remember going to my mom's house for Mother's Day to drop off a card. I had two things. I had a card for her and I had an invitation to my high school graduation. I literally walked in my mom's house. My mom had, after my mom put me out, my mom moved out of the three bedroom into a one bedroom. Uh, I remember walk, going to my mom's house and I knocked on the door. I remember she she didn't even really want to let me in. Like she opened the door and sort of stepped back. So I stepped in to the space and I sort of just stood there. And so then I have the card and I say, hey, I said, well, I just want to stop by and give you this card. I remember looking around and there was not a single picture of me in that house. Not a single freaking picture. I don't know where my pictures were, but mm. they were not in the house. And so I remember giving her the card and I'm saying, hey, um, you know, here's your car, happy Mother's Day. And I said, and here's a my, an invite to my graduation. She took the invite, she put it inside, she took the car, she put it inside, she said, okay. And she stood there and just looked at me. My mother's the master of just looking at you. <laughs> so I said, oh, okay, all right then. And so I left. My mother did not come to my graduation. She did not attend any of that. So it was um, just a very different, different, different type of relationship. Like I said, she just didn't like me. She just didn't mm-hmm. like me. And I didn't really understood, understand why she didn't like me. Um, I just didn't understand. But I, I remember continuing to try to please her or to make her proud of me. You know what I'm saying? I remember even something to the fact of even taking her, you know, just, just doing little things with her and trying my best to, to almost show that I was worthy mm-hmm. you know what I'm of this love and affection. Because that's my mom, and why? Why would she? You know, why? Why should right. she? I'm a lovable kind of chick, and so, but no, it just it wasn't that thing. So we fast forward several years go by. I joined the military. I do all these things. I get married. Even through all those seasons, me and my mom still wasn't getting together. Like we still just wasn't seeing eye to eye. But I will always try my best to be there for her. Like you know, my mom got clean several times. You know, she would get clean. She would do her thing, and even when she would fall back out there. But when she got clean that last time, like I was like paying bills at her house. I was doing, I was doing everything. Like I was doing everything I could possibly do to try to help her sustain her. You know, try to help her stay on her feet. And then as time went on, we begin to. And I'm gonna tell you, I think the thing that changed for me and my mom, because right now today, me and my mom got a great relationship today. We got a great relationship. But I think what really changed was as my mom started to grow herself and as she started to get you know my mom has been clean now I don't know about 17 18 19 years somewhere up in there um but as she went through that metamorphosis of just uh putting drugs aside and really start working on herself she got you know she decided to start looking at me different and we started to talk let me be clear relationships was not easy (laughs) totally not easy we argued a lot in the beginning but uh we continued we continued there were many 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 days when Tashika would say stuff to be like I don't know how you doing it I don't know how you doing I don't know why you still talking to I don't know why you trying to do stuff for but I was determined that I wanted to maintain this thing of um honoring my mother and father and and it wasn't um it I mean there was they did get to a point where I just stepped away like I just totally stepped away and I let her 
do what she needed to do. But I always kept my eyes on her to make sure, just like with Barbara, just like with you, Yogi, because you're mm. a woman to fall. You're a woman to fall. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because they're your parent. You don't want them to right. fall. You almost feel obligated <laughs> to do something to keep them from falling. Right. You know? um, so, yeah. And then as time progressed, uh, my brother passed away. My brother passed away. Then it just became me and my mom. Uh, my mom only had two children, me and, me and my brother. So as when my brother passed away, it was just me and her. And so I think then at that point, all the more reason for her to sort of focus on me more and start to get to know me as a person and maybe not the person she thought I was. I didn't really know mm-hmm. who she thought I was. But I don't, you know, regardless, you know, mm-hmm. it, what we started to grow together. We started to change together. And somewhere in there, we became like friends. To the point where, eh, you know, if she's in a space that I could call, like before she, because my mom now lives with me, but before she moved in with me, I could call her on the phone and I could hear the tenor of her voice. And if her voice sounded a little off, I'm like, all right then, ma, good talk. Good talk. I ain't going to sound this phone. I'm going to go ahead and let mm-hmm. you know. I ain't gonna, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Just because doing what you can to maintain that relationship and understanding that we're still both growing. So I think as time has went on, we have been able to build that space. And, um, but let me just say, it definitely was not, um, it was not easy. It was, it was definitely not easy. There was many, many, many times I would call Tashika and my conversation would be like, so let me just tell you what Dee did today. <laughs> let me just, that's how the conversation would leave. It was like, hey girl, let me just tell you what she said. But, you know, in truth, we sort of all have grown and, and, and sort of went through that. So that is my that is my story. So I'm sort of glad that my story sort of ended up on a higher note so that people be like, whoa, this is going to be a rough podcast. <laughs> hey, ladies, this podcast, my hell is going to be rough. <laughs> so. Hi, ladies. You just finished listening to part one of our Motherless Mothers episode. I hope that it has actually inspired you to just think, talk to your girlfriends, and most importantly, realize that you're not alone in this game. That we all have these, well, a lot of us have these very unconventional relationships with our parents. If you found it interesting and you want to hear more, please click on part two.